Well, I did have all that dairy. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, Hayden. Uh huh. Is that your th throat good? Got yeah. All that hot water. Hem <laughs> mm. hem. All right. We will start in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to Searching the Catalog, a podcast brought to you by the Queen Anne's County Library. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Derek. And we are your hosts. Before every episode, we choose a genre, find books that fit that genre, that are available somewhere in our library catalog, and then we talk about them. I read one adult fiction and one adult nonfiction book. And I read a children's uh, picture book, a juvenile book, and a young adult book. And this episode's genre is... Poetry. Which is pretty different from what we usually do. Yes, yes. Um, and it doesn't really fit a fiction and nonfiction format. It's just as it doesn't necessarily follow, um, like, you know, like the traditional picture book format either. Yeah. Um, so while we were uh, looking for poetry books to read, I was also looking for why is poetry in the nonfiction section in the Dewey Decimal System? Good question. Um, so as it stands, poetry is currently somewhere in the 800s, depending on what um, type of book of poetry you're looking mm -hmm, at. Mm -hmm. I think it's um, around 810, 811. It's actually American poetry. Yeah, I have 808 to 813. Yeah. yeah. So when somebody asks for poetry books, I usually just immediately go to like 811 because I'm like, I know there's some stuff there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that's, that's supposed to be just like American poetry. Huh, I didn't um, realize. So as I was doing some research, um, found a few library blogs that, that um, decided to answer the question. And it's not really, it's not, what's the word I want? It's not convoluted, it's just a little, just a little odd. Mm -hmm, okay, mm -hmm. so Dewey Decimal System, made by um, Melville Dewey. Yes. Um, started becoming like the way libraries um, catalog their books. Um, I think 1876 or so was mm. like when it was like, that, that was when it sort of like went nationwide. Um, and back then they put everything in the numbers in, in the Dewey Decimal yeah, System. Yeah, some libraries still do. Mm -hmm. So in the 800s, that was like, that was, that was fiction, that was poetry, that was play, and literature. Anything that could be classified as literature mm, was in the 800s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if you have been to a library, you will usually see the fiction has been pulled out and is in a separate place, and it is a very large collection. Yeah. Um, so imagine, like, the fiction section still just being in the 800s. All those decimals <laughs> yeah. required to separate that. So, oh, so, boy. So that's basically the reason why. When they were like, the fiction would just completely, like, obliterate yeah. um, the rest of the collection. So they just pulled fiction out. But, the, but everything else that is still considered, like, Literature, poetry, prose is is still in it. So like classics. Yeah, are yeah. Still, the Iliad and Odyssey yeah. you'll find there. Yeah, a lot of classics are still in the eight hundreds. Poetry, as we know, mm -hmm, as we we're talking mm -hmm. about today, is in the eight hundreds. Plays are in the eight hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Um, but fiction has just been pulled out. Um, and and there you go. There's your little tidbit. <laughs> Enjoy that. Um, do you want to get started talking about the books? Yeah, sure. Okay, so before we begin uh, for this episode, just as a warning for the content, 
Derek and I found some excellent, um, but rather heavy and potentially triggering works mm -hmm. uh, for this episode. So I think it's best we start with those. So if you think it's not something you want to listen to, you can go ahead and skip ahead. Um, those works are I Had a Brother Once, a poem, a memoir by Adam Mansbach, which is about the author's brother's um, suicide. And mine is uh, Shout by Laurie Halls Anderson. And that's um, a book about, it's a memoir of hers and where she describes her sexual assault, fat shaming she's experienced, and just in general, her and her uh, family is experienced with like trauma. So we're recommending them. That's why we're here talking about them today. Um, but we understand if you don't feel like listening to us talk about them. Um, and we have more books to discuss later, but we'll begin with these two. Yes. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I had, I had a brother once, a poem, a memoir by Adam Mansbach, and he is also the author of the not children's storybook, Go the F to Sleep. Mm -hmm, Do you, you mm -hmm. remember that? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Um, so his, his book had gotten great word of mouth and was nearing its publication date. And it was at this point that he like received a phone call from his father who told him that his younger brother, David had taken his own life. Um, and Mansbach tells through this long form poem, basically what happened after. Um, he chronicles his family's grief and mourning, his thoughts on his brother, their childhood, and Judaism. Um, as the title indicates, it's a memoir in poem format. And I thought it was, I thought it was very, very good. Um, very excellent work. Um, there is a memoir called Heartberries by Turi Smurri Myatt, which I also read, um, which also dealt with some very tough topics. Um, but something interesting that she wrote at the end was that she doesn't like it when people call her work, um, and Heartberries in particular, raw, mm. um, because raw implies a sort of off-the-cuff first draft kind of writing, like you just you just banged it out on the on the. The typewriter, yeah. or or I guess the, the keyboard. As some people might still use uh, typewriter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that you know, she she goes through drafts and revisions to make sure her her work is as good as can be. Mm -hmm. um, so now I think about when I want to describe something as raw. Um, I have to think about like what do I actually mean by it because I don't want it to have those sort of connotations because that's yeah. not what it means to in, when I am saying it. Um, mm -hmm. So. For I had a brother once, I am not a poet, um, as we know. Um, I don't really... I thought everyone was. <laughs> um, I don't really have the words to quite describe how it makes me feel, but that reading something like I had a brother once, um, I think makes the reader feel exposed mm. in a way. Um, because when somebody writes something so personal and intimate, um, they are sharing that experience with you. and maybe you have some idea of what they're going through or maybe you don't um but either way it's like they're taking you by the hand and showing you what happened and that's um you know it's, it's a book that makes you ache yeah you know? that's how i always imagined raw honestly personally not mm -hmm. necessarily in that it's an unformed work mm -hmm. but that it leaves me feeling like tender yeah. or something like that so the work isn't raw but it the reader feels yeah raw. exactly Vulnerable, raw, ex yeah. exposed. Yeah. Um, yeah, tender's a good word. Make any feel a little bit tender. <laughs> um, so I think as a memoir, it's fantastic. Mm. Um, as a poem, it's also fantastic. 
Um, if you're wary about reading poetry, or if your only exposure to poetry has been like rhyming couplets, or being told that Shakespeare is an iambic pentameter, <laughs> um, and you have no idea what that means, I think this would be a good piece to start with to see what else poetry can be. Yeah. Um, and if you already enjoy poetry and haven't read this one, uh, then go for it, because it's very good, and I recommend. I know what an iamb is. <laughs> But do I believe? <laughs> do you believe? Do I believe in them? Someone just made that up. Those aren't real words. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, yeah, I actually find my work by Leslie Halls Anderson uh, very similar in the sense that um, the whole entire memoir is a collection of poems, mm -hmm. and they're all pretty much free verse. Uh, there's not too much constraint in terms of rhyming and stuff, and you do see occasionally she does play a little bit with like the words and everything like that, mm -hmm. but um, her poetry isn't focused on creating any kind of pattern or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the author might be familiar to some of our listeners, however, because she's the one who wrote the book Speak, mm -hmm. Um, and so Shout is her own personal memoir, uh, where she explores her teen years, uh, where she had her ups and her downs, like, uh, her trauma, mm -hmm. um, where she was assaulted by, uh, a neighborhood kid. Um, and what's really re interesting about her, um, experience is that, like, he promptly actually, uh, committed suicide thereafter. Mm -hmm. Um, so she, she discusses, like, in her book how... She had, like, you know, she didn't really ever get that closure in that same sense that, mm -hmm. like, some people might be able to get by uh, talking to their uh, abuser and things like that. Um, so, yeah, she had she had quite a life. Mm -hmm. um, and she had a lot of uh, growing up to do after that. But one of my first favorite uh, poems, actually, of hers was Unclean. Mm -hmm. And she has her great way of, even though she's had extraordinary experiences in her life, like I just uh, described, mm -hmm. she also has a whole bunch of those ones that are like, I feel like more universal. Um, and so I found myself continually identifying with her. And even if, though my trauma isn't necessarily the same as hers, clearly, um, there's still times in which I'm like, oh yeah, no, I understand that feeling. Oh, I identify with that. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why I recommend this work uh, because I think it is very easy to understand and it's not dare I say, pretentious. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like some people, when they're doing poetry, are like, oh, I'm doing, I am doing art. I am doing <laughs> poetry. You are, you're, <laughs> you're making an impact. Um, so yeah, uh, unclean. I said shit in front of the church ladies gathered in our kitchen for coffee and donuts. Three-year-old me, the potato-shaped, sturdy-legged, parrot-tongue echo chamber. Um, and... <laughs> It's just an experience that we all have. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she talks about how, like, the, you know, they put the soap in her mouth and everything like that. And she finishes it with the stanza, I learned then that words had such power, some must never be spoken, and thus was robbed of both tongue and the truth. And I thought that was, like, really profound way to put that and everything. Like, <laughs> I thought that was really, <laughs> really something there. That was so perfect. Great job. <laughs> what a good critique. Yeah. Uh, that's why I also majored in uh, literary criticism. <laughs> but um, yeah, she 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 takes these experiences and then she's able to um, turn them into something universal and also just into something that makes makes you go hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I have like all these like bookmarks everywhere. I, I see. There's here. listeners. There's, there are 
there are many little um, <laughs> green ripped up post-its that Derek has has put um, throughout the entire the entire book. Yeah, everywhere they're everywhere. Yeah, I was having a very hard time actually deciding like what like there and the thing is is like it's like entire poems mm -hmm. that I I want to read, but um, there's one more tiny excerpt that I will read. Uh, from this one about when she was trying to make friends with someone uh, in college, and it comes from Sweet and Sour Tea. Most relationships come with expiration dates, just like milk and bread. Some go sour before you can taste them. Oh. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so and it, she's it's like, you know, a cute story about uh, the first time she got tea with her one friend who was uh, very into being, like, British and everything like that. And so she's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get tea. And so she, they're like, do you want cream? And she's like, yeah, of course I want cream. And they're like, do you want lemon? And she's like, yeah, I want lemon. And so the she... The full tea experience. <laughs> exactly, yeah, I want a little bit of it all. And um, so she ends up curdling her her tea yeah. with, with, with her lemon. Um, and yeah, so uh, it's a it's very nice story. Uh, it's interweaved with like you know, those little humorous bits that also are, in themselves are even bittersweet, mm -hmm. um, along with like her just kind of exploring uh, how her experiences kind of shaped her perspective uh, and everything like that. And I think it's really valuable for any um, teen reading it because I think it would give them like a little bit of emotional intelligence because she's definitely able to reflect on it as an adult. Mm -hmm. um, before I move on to my next book, I just wanted to, I did have an excerpt from, I had a brother once, but I just want to say, so this is a, this is like, this This is all poem. This is a long form poem. Oh uh, yeah. An epic, an epic <laughs> yeah, poem yeah. Is, is what it's described as. Um, so it, it's sort of hard to um, take out bits. It's mm -hmm. all good. I assure you, <laughs> it is all good. I, I really enjoyed this, but it's hard to take out bits because you basically need the context of yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, but there is one particular um, section um, that I think works and that I'll just read now because I really liked it. And um, uh, just a little bit of some, some lightness and humor in the book that is um, you know, a, a reflection of the author's brother. Um, but uh, here we go. On the curb, Emery asked if he could pray for me, and I said yes and meant it. He grabbed both my shoulders, bowed his head. It began, Heavenly Father. I'd never heard anyone make up a prayer before. In Judaism, that is called forgetting the words. Which <laughs> um, is just a really good bit. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's cute. Um, so there we go. There's a, one, one more um, hearty recommendation for I Had a Brother Once before yeah. we move on. Um, Ooh, and who are we moving on to? <laughs> um, this is it. This entire podcast has been an elaborate ruse um, <laughs> to allow me the chance to talk about Mary Oliver. <laughs> um, Mary Oliver is one of my favorite poets. Oh, yeah? Yeah, perhaps. Mm. Yeah, Derek's being a jerk and pretending, <laughs> pretending to be shocked. Um, I said to myself when we when we were doing this episode, I'm not going to talk about Mary Oliver. I'm going to find um, other books by other poets, and I'm going to discuss them. And here I am today with two books <laughs> about Mary Oliver. 
Can't help it. Um, I mean, no, yeah. yeah. She's, she's fantastic. Every single thing it. she's written is a masterpiece. Cry every time, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I had not read these particular books of hers. Okay, there we okay. go. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I acknowledge that there are other poets who have written good poems. <laughs> but there are very few who I think have written a lot of good poems. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, I could open up anything by Mary Oliver to some random page and read it, and it would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We both agree on this. Yeah. Derek is nodding, um, and I am also nodding. <laughs> I agree with myself. <laughs> um, so, Blue Iris, Poems and Essays by Mary Oliver. If you don't know about Mary Oliver, you're going to read a lot about nature. Who does not love nature? Yeah. Um, very good nature poems. Um, Blue Iris is um, largely about nature. Uh, she writes about peonies, about sunflowers and black oaks, about rice, butterflies, um, her walks in the woods and by the ocean. And they're all very good. And I think saying anything more would just be, very, be variations of repeating. The, <laughs> it's so good. This look good. <laughs> Poems are good. Um, but I did want to choose one to share. Mm -hmm. And it was very hard. I was I was really going through this yesterday, being like, which is the one? Yeah. Which is the one to share? But um, I think I'll do poppies. Okay. okay. So poppies. The poppies send up their orange flares, swaying in the wind. Their congregations are a levitation of bright dust of thin and lacy leaves. There isn't a place in this world that doesn't sooner or later drown in the indigos of darkness. But now, for a while, the roughage shines like a miracle as it floats above everything with its yellow hair. Of course, nothing stops the cold. Black curved blade from hooking forward, of course. Of course, loss is the great lesson. But also, I say this, that light is an invitation to happiness, and that happiness, when it's done right, is a kind of holiness, palpable and redemptive. Inside the bright fields, touched by their rough and spongy gold, I am washed and washed in the river of earthly delight. And what are you going to do? What can you do about it? Deep blue night. Are you? Are, are you just tearing up? Just yeah. Like, yeah. Good poems. Yeah, always, always good. She she has such a great way of relating uh, nature to all these like existential questions and this uh, spirituality that I think many of us feel. Yes. Connectedness to the earth or something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. And. I see a lot of people, I, I guess try, not, is mimic, I guess mimic is a good word. Imitate, yeah. Imitate, yeah, there we go, thank you. Try to imitate her. Um, she, her style, like, appears simplistic, but it's, it's, you can't, you can't just, like, rattle off a Mary Oliver poem, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. um, There's a lot of, there's actual skill in there. Um... I'm not a poet, so it's very hard to describe it. But, you know, the, the imagery, the word <laughs> no, choice, yes, yeah, the, yeah. Um, those stanzas, <laughs> the style, how the poem looks in the book. Um, I, think she, I think she's a, she's another one that's like a good poet for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, you can, you can start and read, um, read it and be like, this is a good poem, even though I have no idea what poem is about, which is me always reading poetry. I have no idea what, what yeah. I'm doing. I am just diving in there and reading poems, and I say, this seems good, or I'm not really into this, but every Mary Oliver poem, like, I am into. I think she has a way of being very clear mm -hmm. while also, like, you know, getting her, uh, 
her her message across, especially with like her imagery. I think it yeah. just really goes hand in hand. Succinct, you think? Yeah, like yeah. Like she is, she is. There, there is not a word wasted. No, yeah, and I don't want to say she's necessarily like holding our hand through it, but she's very, yeah, clear. Yeah, like her message just comes through. Um, yeah. So there's... read more Mary Oliver, read especially more. Blue Iris. <laughs> I'm going to talk about another one in, in, in a second after you're done. So okay, let's move on there. Yeah, I'll go on to uh, my next one, which is Wet Cement. Mm -hmm. um, it's a mix of concrete poems, and it's by Bob uh, Raska. Mm -hmm. And I'm kicking myself a little bit because I meant to make sure I was pronouncing that one right because it has that Z in there that's like, you know, common in um, Eastern European languages. But um, <clears throat> as the title alludes and uh, as the subtitle uh, explains, it's a book of concrete poems. And so that's those are poems whose words are arranged on the page in like a non-traditional manner. And this is all my definition, by the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, really means nothing. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, to create a visual and stylistic effect. And what I enjoy about this uh, selection in particular is Bob didn't just do that with the poems alone, but he also did that with the titles. So. You, it's in a way you get like two works of art. You get one that's just a single word, mm -hmm. and then you get the whole entire poem together. Um, it's full of creativity, and I think it's a really good example for a poetry format that I think actually might be more approachable to some than traditional poetry. Mm -hmm. Just because like you really, I don't think you really feel the pressure to like try and like create rhyming couplets or mm -hmm. or like yeah, an I am mm -hmm. or something like that. So, oh, here we go. Yeah, one of my first favorites is Clock. Mm -hmm. And um, he's superimposed the L over the O in the word clock to make, uh, you know, a minute hand and a second hand. A minute hand and an hour hand. Yeah. Big hand and little hand. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, and then, so, the poem says, the clock on the wall says it's five till three, but the kids in my class say it's five till free. Mm -hmm. Snaps. <laughs> um, so and, yeah, it's just and like, it looks like a clock. Yeah, yes, and the poem itself is in the shape of a clock, and like you know, it has the big hand and the little. It's hand. five till three. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just like these cute little poems. They go by really quickly, but um, I think I think it just shows that uh, poetry doesn't have to be super deep or anything like that. And even though like you know some of them do have like a, maybe a little bit more meaning to them, mm -hmm. these are mostly lighthearted and fun. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is pop-up, and he's placed the O very high up over top of the rest of the word, mm -hmm. and it goes, and that's the other thing too that's fun is like, you know, there's not necessarily enough uh, word order to mm -hmm. choose. Um, so we have ball, 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 and going in an arc. Yeah. And it says, I'm under it, I'm under it, I blundered it. Mm -hmm. And ball falls in between I and blundered it. Um, and it, it falls below the line mm -hmm. of the rest of the word, so you really get the idea that the ball has, like, fallen on the ground. Um, yeah, cute. Yeah. Made me think of when I was young playing baseball uh, out in the field. You were a sport man? <laughs> <laughs> I was a sport, a sport boy. <laughs> um, and then the last poem in the book, which I think is really nice, is poetry or poetry, depending on how you go about reading it, because um, try is uh, capitalized. And it just goes, poetry is about taking away the words you don't need. Poetry is taking away words you don't need. Poetry is words you need. Poetry is words. Try. Nice. So, yeah. Um, Wet Cement by Bob Res 
R A C Z K A. It is a great book that will it it will take you your child I don't know maybe fifteen minutes to read through it at most, mm-hmm. um, but. I think it'd be a great one if you're looking for a prompt for like, oh, mom, I don't know what to do. Go write some poetry. Oh, I don't know how to do that. And then you have to realize, oh, well, then we'll go to the library and get a good example. Mm -hmm. Bob. Thank you. (laughs) Your friend Bob. (laughs) Uh, And I do, I do like the the cover with the concrete poems and the wet cement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's good all around. Yeah. Very nicely thought out book. Mm -hmm. I'll move on to my next book, um, also by Mary Oliver. <laughs> uh, Winter Hours, Prose, Prose Poems, mm-hmm. and Poems. Uh, snaps. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned in the intro, I make it a point to read a fiction and nonfiction book every episode, at least one, at least mm-hmm. one of each, um, every episode. Um, and also, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, poetry is a little bit different. Yeah. And what we do because poetry is a, a genre in itself. Um, so I decided for like my non I'm I'm doing the little, the little quote. <laughs> the air thing. quotes. Yeah, yes. the air quotes right now. So my nonfiction choice um, would be uh, a book about poetry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to have it be like a little bit more you know like a traditional nonfiction. Um, so once again, I have a Mary Oliver. You cannot lose <laughs> with Mary Oliver. Um, I assure you of this. So Winter Hours is largely a collection of essays, um, most about her thoughts on writing poetry, um, as well as her thoughts on other poets, uh, such as Edgar Allan Poe and Walt Whitman. Um, included in the book are a few of her own poems, as well as pieces from the poets she discusses in her essays. Um, and I think she writes prose just as well as she writes poems, which is to say fantastically. <laughs> um, because I need to tell you that I personally find it a slog to read it, <laughs> to read about poetry um, and about poets. Um, I tried many books about the mechanics of poetry, um, poets, different styles of poems. Um, most of them I found very hard to read. Um, they were not you know, keeping me entertained. They were very dense. Um, not not my kind of thing. Um, but I can and, and will read anything Mary Oliver wrote about anything, including other poets. And we have another little poem here. Mm-hmm, we have another mm-hmm. little reading. I really like this poem. Um, it's called The Whistler. Um, and it is about... Um, Mary Oliver's um, partner, Mary uh, or uh, Molly Malone Cook, mm, okay. um, who she was with for 40 years. Mm. Um, so here we go, the whistler. All of a sudden, she began to whistle. By all of a sudden, I mean that for more than 30 years, she had not whistled. It was thrilling. At first, I wondered who was in the house, what stranger. I was upstairs reading, and she was downstairs as from the throat of a wild and cheerful bird, not caught but visiting, the sound warbled and slid and doubled back and larked and soared. Finally, I said, is that you? Is that you whistling? Yes, she said. I used to whistle a long time ago. Now I see I can still whistle. In cadence after cadence, she strolled through the house whistling. I know her so well, I think, I thought, elbow and ankle, 
mood and desire, anguish and frolic, anger too, and the devotions. And for all that, do we even begin to know each other? Who is this I've been living with for 30 years? This clear, dark, lovely whistler. And there we go. Yeah, it's nice. Yep. That's good. Good poems. <laughs> Relatable. Yep, everybody read Mary Oliver. <laughs> I, I, I am pushing it. <sighs> so. On to my next one? Yes. All right. Uh, here I have, in, it's Tiger, Tiger, Burning Bright, an animal poem for each day of the year. And uh, it's just a book of selected works by Fiona Waters, and it's been illustrated by Britta Tekken Terp. Um, and so, yeah, it's literally just what it is said on the title. Each page has uh, some poems, and they're, they're numbered, mm -hmm. and uh, it gives you the title of the poem, and then underneath it gives you the author who uh, wrote the poem. Uh, so I'll go ahead and I'll do read one of the selected poems. Yes. Uh, this is the 29th of March, and it's Bird Sips Water. So it's Bird Sips Water, Drips Music, Throwing Back Its Head. Throw back your head, turn the rain into a song, and you will fly. Keith Bosley. Nice. Um, I, I, in part, picked that one because it was one of the shorter ones. Mm -hmm. And then I also like uh, Woodpecker mm -hmm. uh, from the 28th. And it's carving, tap, tap. Music out of, tap, tap. Tree trunk. Keep me busy, whole day, tap, tap, long. Tap, tap, pecker, bird song. Tap, tap, pecker, bird song. Tree bark is, tap, tap, drum skin. Foamy beak. I keep tap tap rhythm, faux force heartbeat, tap tap chisel beak long, tap tap honey leak song, pecker tap tapper peck pecker bird song, and that's uh, by John Ag Agard, mm -hmm. um, and that one I really enjoy too because like you know the rhythm and everything like that, uh, um, a lot I, of fun. I like how like these are, this is like a full illustrated book. Oh yes, absolutely. Every every page. Um, uh, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <But> nice. <laughs> um, uh, they, uh, it's it's a two-page fold, I guess, or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, the two pages are, it, are composite to make one image. A spread, a full-page spread. Yeah, yeah, there we are. Um, and they're all done in this, like, semi uh, uh, collage like. Yeah, kind of like a... Um, shoot, it looks like a very, like, our classic children's book illustrations, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah. When we were kids. Very beautiful. It's very nice. And then, uh, let's see. Today's... It's got that kind of... Oh, 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 oh. Um, hungry Caterpillar Guy. Yeah, Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Eric or Carl. Yeah. Carl. Carl. Yeah. Um, that's that's what it kind of looks like, it reminds me of. And apparently, February 1st is today uh, when we're recording it. Mm -hmm. So our poem for today is Grandpa Bear's Lullaby. Mm -hmm. The night is long, but fur is deep. You will be warm in winter sleep. The food is gone, but dreams are sweet. And they will be your winter meat. The cave is dark, but dreams are bright, and they will serve as winter light. Sleep, my little clubs, sleep, uh, by Jane Yolen. Yeah, nice, yeah. cute. And we have like oh, a, a little hibernating bear. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a little groundhog. For groundhog day. <laughs> sneaking around in the background. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's, it's cute. It's really nice. Um, I don't think you're going to, uh, you know, if you get this book from the library, you definitely won't be able to keep it for each day. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely worth going through uh, just to read with your kid. And if you want to pick out some poems, and then you could even maybe like use the library scanner and send them to yourself because that's a free service that we offer. Nice little segue. <laughs>
<laughs> advertising our um, our services. Um, so now I'll move on to my last book. Yeah, okay. sounds good. Um, so this is an interesting one that I wanted to bring up. I don't have it here with me today. I had to send it back. Mm. Um, but I read a book called Japanese Death Poems, written by Zen monks and haiku poets on the verge of death, compiled by Yul Hoffman. Um, so, compiled what? by Mary Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> what if? What if I just a Mary Oliver sweep through this episode? Um, it could have been. I could have. Oh, yeah, very done. easily. I could I, if, if I did not. Dare me. <laughs> could have done it. Um, but death poems are a um, type of poetry that um, a poet is supposed to write um, when they're on the verge of death. Um, and by poets, I mean um, this, this was a um, usually an East Asian kind of um, style of poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yul Hoffman uh, split the book into two parts. Um, the first is a discussion of the history and context of death poems, um, Zen Buddhism, poetry in Japan, um, and the second section is, compi- is the compiled death poems from various Zen monks, samurai, and the nobility. Mm-hmm. So you have your little historical context and definitions, you know, what, what am I reading about? And so you can better understand the death poems, and then you have the actual death poems in the second half, um, each with like a little blurb about the author of the poem, just like this this was so-and-so, he lived in this, he wrote this, and this you know, just the little story mm-hmm. about it. Um, one thing that I liked and I thought was interesting was that, uh, that Hoffman mentioned was that, while technically, you were, <laughs> you were supposed to write these poems literally before you died. Mm-hmm. Um, that obviously did not always happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, some poets wrote their poems a bit early, and some wrote them while they were sick and recovered, and then they wrote like <laughs> new poems, or you know, I guess used their old poem. But um, you know, it, it was supposed to be something that you wrote and recited, and then you like immediately died. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did, I did really that? Did the composure. that? Did 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 that always work out? You know. <laughs> No, and and there's even there's even like a few um, poems that I read where like the authors were sort of like making fun of it, mm-hmm. um, which was which was fun. But um, here's a, an example of one of the poems that um, particularly grabbed me. Um, uh, so this was by um, Kozan Ikkyo in 1360. Mm. Okay, so empty-handed I entered the world. Barefoot I leave it, my coming, my going, two simple happenings that got entangled. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good one. Yeah. I'd be happy to die right succinct. after. <laughs> Just, all right, there we go. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much it. Yep. There we go. That's a wrap. Yep. <laughs> Throw the dirt on me. Yeah. Um, so, so it was just, it was, a, it was an interesting um, book with a, a type of poem that I had never heard about before. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so many types of poems. Doesn't have to be boring. Doesn't 1360. Mm-hmm. People have been doing that for a while. Yeah. Do you think they're making iams? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I, have, I know nothing about poetry besides what I've told you today. I know nothing but Mary Oliver is good. <laughs> and maybe reader. Um, 
and that I don't understand stressed and unstressed syllables. <laughs> I never, I never did, and I never will. Yeah, because I think it's not an important part of our language. <laughs> For poets, it is. Perhaps. Perhaps. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. Um, I don't know what poets learn. I don't know. I mean, they're they're just regular people. <laughs> they're just like you and me. <laughs> No magical powers, yeah. um, except for the ability to apparently understand iambic pentameter and what a stress and stress level is. Well, you, all you have to do is say you're a poet, I feel like. That is true. Yeah. Um, maybe actually put out a little bit of poetry, guys. The, suppose, yeah, the only thing to, to be an artist, you just have to make art. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of uh, us making more art, mm -hmm. uh, what is our topic coming up? Um, we decided to do... History and historical fiction. Yes, that's correct. So, it's a, it's a very broad topic, so yeah. let's see what we're going to come up with <laughs> next year. I'm done. My brain instantly goes to Inquisitor's Tale. <laughs> you can't do that again. <laughs> but it was very good. It was very good. And um, other people all the time. Okay, so let's wrap it up. Mm, yes. Okay, so for next episode, history and historical fiction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um and let's go through our thanks. Thank you to the Queen Anne's County Library for allowing us to just talk about the books that we read. Um, and as always, special thanks to Hayden. Absolutely. For listening to us talk about the books that we read and then editing it into something that maybe other people want to listen to. <laughs> um, and there we go. Yep. Thank and you then, for listening. Yep. Have a good day, everybody. And keep searching the catalog. <laughs>